This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Sarah. This is Jenna. We're from Name Three Songs, and today we're getting candid with Spider. She's a London-based artist making a name for herself with loud, feminist, punk, and alternative music. And her EP, An Object of Desire, just dropped on February 23rd. So we're getting candid with Spider about how she uses her music as an outlet for expression, specifically to get out her feminist rage, as well as how more POC and female voices are currently taking over alternative music. And my favorite thing that we talk about today is how she grew up in fandom culture and how that left an impact on her as an artist and how she operates. And it's just like so fun talking about fangirl stuff with her. So let's go get candid with Spider. Hi, Spider. Welcome to the show. We're excited to have you today. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. This is really cool. We are excited. There's lots of fun stuff for us to dig into. But to kick it off, um, it's a question that I think is integral to a lot of us who have grown up in the music world, which is that we have Mm -hmm. these key moments in our relationship to music that kind of like really form who we are as people and our journey through lives. And I'm curious for you if there is a moment where you felt like, I have to be doing music. Like, this is what I have to be doing with my life. Definitely. And I will just say, like, Tumblr. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, definitely Tumblr. You know, I think, like, obviously, I think for everybody, music has always kind of existed. And just like in our general existence, music is always there. But I think it's, like, a difference between music always being there and then music being, like, like an actual, like, force in your Mm -hmm. life. And I think when I actually found the internet and I found Tumblr... And like, you know, the quote unquote, like the Tumblr artists, like, you know, our era, like our Halsey's yes. and Marina yeah. the Diamonds and Lana Del Rey, yeah. like five seconds from One Direction, like that, like when I found like fandom culture, I think I was like, I don't know, something in my head clicked with music, like it kind of hadn't before, yeah. I think. And I was kind of like, I want to be like a part of like whatever this is. Yeah. In thinking like that, did that make you want to go out of your way and be like, okay, like I'm going to teach myself how to play music. I'm going to teach myself how to sing. I'm going to teach myself how to songwrite. Or were you already kind of, like laying that down beforehand without maybe even realizing it that you wanted to like do singing and that kind of stuff yeah I think I was definitely kind of like laying down the foundations for that I don't come from like a very like creative family Mm -hmm. but I think I've always just kind of gravitated towards stuff like that anyway so I think like by the time like I found you know my beloved Tumblr artist I was already kind of starting to like write little things and like write little songs and stuff I remember like one really big pivotal moment for me was like finding Halsey's first album Badlands because I'm from Ireland and like at the time this is like 2014 it's like all the music on the radio is very like much like acoustic guitars like white boys and acoustic guitars and you know the genre of like pained white boy yeah. singing about heartbreak like with the rough yes. oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean uh-huh. we had we just had so much of that and I, we just had so much of that and then like I heard Halsey and like the production in it was so like I just remember listening to him being like that's not an acoustic guitar and I don't know what that is but how did they do that yeah. and I was just like obsessed with like every sound I was hearing because it wasn't anything it was not real instruments and I loved that and I think that was definitely my like that's when I really like sunk my teeth into it and I was like yeah like I need to teach myself how to produce so I was just like on YouTube all the time like typing in like Halsey type beat how to produce like (laughs) like stuff like that. that 
No, that's that's honestly so cool. And I think like the other half of it too is like, you know, having the true appreciation and love for music and then the other half Mm -hmm. being the fandom aspect. And so I'm curious for you, like, do you feel like because you were so involved in fandom when you were growing up that it kind of informs the way that you operate as an artist? Oh my God, yeah. I kind of feel like I had like a cheat code Mm. in a way, like honestly, because I think like it's different when like, you've been the consumer and now you're trying to be like, you know, the product now. It's like when you're so in it, it's like you just kind of know. It's nearly like I kind of felt like I knew what to do, what not to do. (laughs) Like, you know, I literally don't know how to explain it, but I think it's just that thing of like when you're in it and then like you kind of like you're just able to like look at music and like kind of like discovery of yeah. music in such a different way yeah. I think it made me really appreciate things like how the artists like would interact with their fan base because mm-hmm. one thing I really loved about the artists I love was how intentional they were with us yeah. the fandom mm-hmm. yeah. and how like present they were yeah. and you know even if they were mysterious like the one place where they weren't mysterious they weren't mysterious with their fan base like yeah. they weren't mysterious with the people who actually loved them I feel like I've really taken that with like how I try to communicate with people who do listen to my music like I want to like be present I do not really care about being mysterious <laughs> or trying yeah, yeah, to yeah. like upkeep you know some type of like oh but you don't know me like yeah you do <laughs> I put it I like I'm literally like being so I'm putting yeah, like, everything in like em- teenager on tumblr yeah <laughs> yeah we do know everything yeah I've really like taken that and that's one of the things like I really love about like the connection between fandom and artists and stuff yeah. it's like the intimacy mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of half the cheat code honestly it's just like yeah. treating like the people who listen to your music as like actual people yeah yeah no 100%. definitely no I think I think you've I mean, you've made a lot of really good points in that regard, because like it's really interesting seeing artists nowadays now with like how social media has shifted and like how accessible artists can be when like you can tell Mm. that an artist was never part of fandom versus like when an artist has been. And it's really interesting to watch because I think this is a very new kind of thing that's happening where most musicians are like fans of music but they're not like fandom fans and i feel like we're seeing a Mm -hmm. lot more artists who are like really comfortable being like yeah i was obsessed with xyz and like that makes me a better Mm -hmm. artist because i understand what fans want from me and like how to put out music in a way where like fans feel like i get them because especially with like your music having like such specific messages in it that like are really relatable to a lot of people. I feel like if you didn't get the whole fandom aspect, I feel like there could be that thing where they're like, is, does she, does she mean it? Whereas like, since yeah. you get it, they're like, oh, we know she means it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly that. Like, I think what you're saying is so true. Like that we're seeing kind of like a new, like, I feel like generation of artists who were like, just like deep in the fandom yeah. and now we get to like actually make stuff that we hope that we can create a community around ourselves yeah. and it's like yeah like you make a valid point I've never thought about <laughs> the other artists who didn't really interact with that space yeah. much because for me it's like literally like the only way I've ever interacted with music yeah. was just like die hard obsession like fandom <laughs> So I just can't even, I can't like... It's more fun that conceptualize. way. Conceptualize. <laughs> yeah, like I genuinely can't conceptualize, like engaging with anything luke- like in a lukewarm, like sane way. <laughs> like, so I'm just like... You know, it's like when you meet someone and they like never go to concerts and they only ever listen to the Chainsmokers and you're like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you and I'm just okay? like, ooh, like, it's like, this is culture. This is like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So in thinking of releasing music, um, you have your EP, mm-hmm. An Object of Desire, out as of February 23rd. What do you feel yeah. like this collection of songs represents to you as compared to previous music that you've released? I feel like every artist says it's like, it's the most personal thing <laughs> I've ever made. This is like really like, but like, I think I just went to like a place that was kind of scary for me. Mm. I think, you know, there's things I talk about in like my older music or like the EP I put out like a while ago where I'm talking about like my family dynamic or just like, you know, depression or mental health. Mm-hmm. And those things to me are kind of like talking about the weather, honestly. I yeah. don't really, it's not like as intimidating, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. But like talking about like my exploration of relationship with like intimacy mm-hmm. or like sexuality or just like, you know, encounters with like feeling objectified, like as someone that's not in like, you know, just someone in like a female body. Like yeah. that's like something that like while I was making it, I was kind of like... I'm really writing this right now. Like, I'm really, like... I remember, like, I would be, like, writing some lyrics and I'd be like, you know you're going to put this out, right? And I'd yeah. be like, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be an interest. That's going to be interesting. Because yeah. <laughs> also, I grew up in, like, quite a religious environment. So conversations about any of that was not welcomed. Mm, yeah. Like, when I was writing it, it was literally me, like, bas- genuinely, like, asking myself the questions and, like, facing the emotions. It's kind of like... When you're asking yourself the questions, like, in front of people, mm, you know? Yeah. Kind of... That type of thing. Like I don't think I've done that before. It's almost like you're working through it at the same time as you're giving it to people. Yeah. For them to also yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's just like, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Like, I was saying this to a friend. I was just kind of like, I feel weird that people are going to know that, like, I, like, think about this stuff. It's like, weird. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know. I like, like, you on know. On the other hand, that must be really empowering, too, especially growing up in such a religious background where these things aren't spoken about to have reached the point mm. where, number one, you're willing to have the conversation with yourself but there's also that part of you that like even though you're a little scared about it you're still like no I want to put this out there because other people might also be struggling with having this conversation so I'm gonna open the floor for them by being like well if I can do it I'm sure you can (laughs) yeah no so true I think like I was really excited to put it out because I was also kind of like I personally just didn't feel like anyone else was talking about this Mm. in that way because I feel like there's like a lot of songs about sex and there's a lot of songs about you know like being intimate yeah. with like someone that you like or whatever there's and there's like a lot of media about it but like there's just certain aspects of it that I felt like people weren't like talking about like what happens when you thought you'd enjoy it and then you don't yeah like what yeah. happens yeah. then and why didn't you enjoy it like why and like you know the yeah. first time you get you feel objectified like mm. but but don't you want to be desired so yeah. where's the line yeah. then yeah. and I was this just kind of is- like <laughs> You know, I was kind of like, what's going on? Like, yeah. no one's talking yeah, about yeah. this. No, it's, or like it's asking, true. You it's know? true. I mean, yeah. like, as far as mainstream conversations go, yeah, a lot of people are not mm. talking about yeah. it. And I think, like, this is a subject that we've covered a lot on our podcast of talking about sexualization and talking about objectification and talking about where purity culture and, like, religion comes into yeah. a lot of this because there's the whole virgin whore complex of, like, you can either be desired yeah. or you can be valuable and you can't be both. Mm-hmm. And then this also lays into pop culture because you have pop stars being over-sexualized or being criticized yeah. for being too sexual, So for you as an artist, like in your artistry and like in your visuals, do you feel like you've experienced an aspect of this, like people consuming you in a way that is maybe like over sexualization? That's a really good question. I feel like I'm not, I don't know. I feel like I have a very, like most of my fans or like the people who listen to my music, there's not a lot of 
men in there. Like, there's not a lot of people that I would think would sexualize me yeah, yeah. in there. Yeah. And I feel like I'm still pretty, like, underground. Still pretty, like, you know, building my yeah. bases and building my foundation and stuff. So I feel like I haven't gotten to the stage yet where, like, there's so many eyes on me yeah. that, like... Yeah you know I'm bound to be sexualized yet but I do remember there was a time I was like I think it was like my second single as well so this was like early Mm -hmm. and I was like making a TikTok about it and basically I I like DIY the like cover for it and I was like smashing a bunch of cake into my face because it was like a (laughs) yeah I was trying to you know I was in my DIY bag I was being creative (laughs) like (laughs) and I remember there was like a comment from like just like some guy on TikTok that I knew followed me from like a previous like song that had kind of blown up on there and he kind of made like a weird comment kind of like commented like oh like good girl and I was kind of like (laughs) this what yeah Yeah. and I was kind of like hmm I don't think about it often but the times I do think about it I'm always kind of like that made me feel a bit uncomfy yeah and like I think it was like even though it's a very small interaction I think it was probably the first time I kind of experienced like you know external eyes on me looking yeah. at me in a way yeah. it was really weird because yeah. it's like i don't know this person i haven't had an interaction with them yeah it's just a person but they're like they, seeing yeah. me on the internet yeah and it's like yeah it's weird yeah. i mean like that's that's a really interesting point because i feel like most people that live in female bodies like the second you hit puberty or even honestly before that it's like there's good there's men like leering on the streets like people are being creepy everywhere but like i feel like when it comes to putting yourself out there as an artist or like honestly even just like people on the internet trying to make any sort of content it's like the second you put yourself out there and you're like okay i want to be perceived as like a public figure to some extent like there are just people on the yeah. internet or that are like okay well you you've you've given me access to you so therefore now i can comment yeah. on like your body your appearance like all of these things and they feel like there's some sort of ownership over you and it's just yeah. it's, it's really interesting just like in, in conjunction like with the themes of the cp where it's like thinking mm-hmm. about this deeply where it's like okay I want people to hear my message. I want them to hear this. But then also there's just always going to be people on the internet who are like, oh, well, you're doing something that I view as sexual, whether that be sexual to you or not. And therefore I'm going to react and respond to this. And so it's like, no matter how underground you are, like if a video pops off, you have no control over what's going to happen. Yeah, you really don't and it's like it's weird because I feel like I've even experienced like people getting mad at me because I'm not desirable because they feel like I'm not and I'm like well what do y'all want from me then because it's like I put up like you know on TikTok you can do like using like photos now instead of just like doing videos or whatever I had these pictures that like my friend just took of me I was like in a cute little bikini top and a mini skirt Mm -hmm. like you know it's my rock star uniform and like I think I don't know I was just like promoting my song and talking about how like I left my you know my catholic home to go like make music and stuff mm-hmm. and i had my arms up and i hadn't shaved my armpits and mm-hmm. the amount of men in there who were really yep. mad at me really angry I at bet. me for not <laughs> shaving my armpits and they were like i had this one comment being like go back to your catholic home with your bad music and hairy armpits and it's like why do y'all care about my armpits so much <laughs> like it's like and i was kind of like well you're okay so you're mad that i'm hairy but you don't like the music so I don't yeah. understand what also, you really want. Also, they're giving you their time, <laughs> yeah. so they clearly do care. Yeah, it's like it's just, yeah, it's, and also <laughs> there were like accounts like also saving the photos. I was like, so you're saving it? Yeah. To do what with? 
<laughs> but you don't like well, it's, it's, it, was, oh. it was just like really weird well, thing, like, like it was just like <laughs> it's a thing like jenna said with like the whole virgin whore complex of like oh like you can yeah. either desire you or respect you but there can't be both yeah but then when there's this middle ground of like oh i feel like i should desire you but something about you is undesirable like, yeah now i'm gonna be mad about Suddenly it it's my fault yeah, so it's like it's all just <laughs> literally it's all just exerting control and power that's yeah. essentially what it is it is or it's like honestly someone made a good point someone else in the comments was kind of like i think some of them are like attracted to it and they're mad that they're attracted yeah. to it, so yes. just projecting on you yeah and i was like so what now it's my fault that i'm hot now like i don't understand <laughs> what i'm supposed to do <laughs> like yeah that was a very exhausting week yeah sure. no understandably <laughs> i mean i feel like kind of what you just said of people getting mad about something and it's like clearly if somebody's mad about something it's because it's resonating with them in a way that they don't want to acknowledge yeah. and i feel like a lot of your songs have topics like this and mm. so in thinking about you know i've seen you posting like you want to make like political rock music or you want to make feminist punk music and yeah. even like with our podcast sometimes it's so easy for us to get like so just angry and mad at people who are like there's people who are just never going to get it who don't want to change their minds but then at yeah. the same time like sometimes you have to be willing to like have difficult conversations in order to change people's minds and so for you yeah. like where do you feel like your music kind of lays within all of this i don't ever make music to necessarily like anger people yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like it's always like i'm feeling frustration i yeah. want to get it out so i make very like unfiltered art and yeah. then I put it out so that other people who are feeling the same way can resonate and find something they can just feel yeah. that they can just like use as a tool to feel, yeah, 100%. you know, because sometimes it's so like hard to access, like even like emotions of anger when you just feel apathetic because yeah. we live in such a world where progress is so slow. Mm -hmm. Like it's like if you're if you're not a, a white man, it's just kind of like hard to yep. do anything like yep. you're not allowed to feel any certain type of way about it either. Yeah. We're somehow supposed to be grateful to also be alive. It's just like very. Yeah, this is like this is just like not a lot of room to like feel any feelings. So yeah. like I feel like whenever I put anything out, it's more like to give people like a tool to yeah. like yeah. feel what's in there yeah. or even like for them to hear it and be like, oh, I can feel like this. Yeah. And I think also for people who identify with your music, like there's not yeah. necessarily like we just we said not a lot of these conversations are being had in music and in media. Yeah. And if they are, I, I feel like it's starting to emerge like a lot more in like recent years. But it's like without having those conversations, without having representation of those conversations, people from different yeah. backgrounds are also just feeling like they've never been heard or seen or, or like any of that. And so like with your music, I totally understand of like you just wanting to like make something that you're feeling in order for other people yeah. to be able to connect with that and have that shared experience. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like if that angers people, it's like, well, <laughs> I know that's like a whole, I don't know. Like a whole other byproduct at this point. <laughs> yeah, literally like hit dogs holler or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Because it's like normally it's kind of like I didn't say names. Like, I don't know every <laughs> white man on the world. So it's like, like, you know, if you're getting like angry, it's like, no. I don't know. Uh, um, But yeah, and I think also it's like it's something I also welcome because I don't think art is important unless it's making like someone yeah. angry. I, You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes like obviously like all types of art is valid but like art is art if it evokes some type of emotion yeah. anger yeah. is also an emotion yeah. Yeah. um so it's just like yeah I, mean, I, I, I think that that's a really good point and like when i was reading up on you and stuff i just found it really interesting of like the stories you're telling and how you had said in some interviews how like people will get mad because they're like oh this black girl's just living her normal life talking about it she's supposed to be going yeah. through like these things that i as like a white person on the internet perceive a black person should go through like why am i relating to her yeah. and it's as if they're angry 
somebody that they're relating to somebody that they feel like they should not be able to relate to and it's like that's that's a listener Mm. problem not a musician problem (laughs) you know where it's like yeah (laughs) it's just one of those things where it's like in my mind if somebody is getting mad about something where it's like you're trying to just like tell your story or share something that is making like a necessary point if these people are getting mad about it it's because you're making them actually think about their twisted bad thoughts about that thing and so you're challenging them yeah and so it's like so therefore your music is doing like good for everyone the job (laughs) yeah Yeah, like so like it's doing what i wanted it to do yeah like it's really weird i think i was talking to like another artist that i'm friends with about this because we were basically talking about like those pictures that kind of like had a tiny moment and was like infiltrated by a bunch of like why do you have every armpit and why are you saying all this stuff and like it was essentially like a lot of like white nationalist accounts that had kind of like flooded the comments yeah, and course. stuff. Mm. Um, we're tagging like other accounts, like the whole shebang and everything. And I remember like saying like I was promoting a song called Straight Out the Oven that I wrote about just wanting to be desired, like wanting to be hot. Yeah. So yeah. it's like I was really confused because it's also like my least political song like ever. <laughs> um, and I remember I, I also put out a song called America's Next Top Model where yeah. like I was literally like aiming it at white men and it did not get the response that like <laughs> a song about me being hot got. So I was saying to them like, I don't understand why like the song about me being hot got the white nationalists like in my mentions other than the song where I was kind of like coming for them. And they made like a really good point about like sometimes it's more um intimidating seeing like an artist of color try and like talk to a wider demographic rather than just like you know minorities women other people of color like queer people like it's nearly more intimidating seeing them push past that space to be like i'm actually here for everybody like i'm actually wanting the whole world to listen to me they said something about you know, them feeling like I should just be talking to like my people. Yeah. But once I start kind of like going past that, it's like, hey, that's like, not your lane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's not your lane. Like, what do you what do you mean you want to be like yeah. the biggest rock star in the world? Like Which you have every right to be. Like Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and like any <laughs> Yeah. And and anybody from anywhere has the yeah, right exactly. to be. And rock is typically a genre that it's supposed to uplift like oppressed people yeah, and people yeah. who are on the outskirts of society anyway. So really, in fact, <laughs> like it really should be our genre. Yes, I mean, it um, was, it originally so, was. So <laughs> It originally was, but yeah. I thought that was just like a very interesting point that like they nearly get more intimidated and more scared when you start being more than just yeah, like Absolutely, the black because it challenges, girl, it challenges you know? their power and it challenges their worldview and they don't want to yeah. give up power. <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, everything is exactly just intertwined. That. It is. And I think it's also like that thing of like freedom as well. Like mm-hmm. I think it's can be kind of triggering to some people when like you are very much embodying the fact that you are free in terms yeah. of freeing your expression, free yeah. in how you want to like present yourself, yeah. free in what you want to say. Yeah. And they kind of feel like, I don't like that you feel that free. Yeah. Like you shouldn't. Yeah. Which I also think is very interesting. But also, like, it's none of my business. <laughs> but <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, these, yeah, th- these men on the internet are aching for control in whatever way they can, like, mm-hmm. get it. And they're like, okay, well, if I'm slightly obtuse in who I am online, but, like, loud and angry in the comments, like, I'll personally believe yeah. that I hurt their feelings and therefore that's all that matters, which is, like, 
really yeah. crazy and like so you yeah <laughs> and like with that like you mentioned your song america's sex top model and the music video for that was really cool because of the way you brought like the lyrics and nice. the story of the song to life and i think like this idea Thank of you. like you know the whole like not all men thing and guys being like what do you mean like oh like you hate all yeah. of us and it's like N- okay like if, while it's not all men like <laughs> any type of man can be a problem yeah and so having like having exactly. talked about like these like white men like keyboard warriors like coming for you in the comments and stuff having acted out in this music video like you kind of having them attack like yelling at you and like you responding and like all of that like was that a cathartic kind of emotion to be able to like live that out in real life or was it one of those things where you're like oh this is maybe a little overwhelming or like what was your emotions in getting to experience that in person bringing kind of like the internet hate to a real life experience yeah it was definitely interesting (laughs) (laughs) like i think I don't know, because also all the white dudes on that set were so nice. Yeah. It was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I felt so. <laughs> yeah, literally, they were like, uh, they were like, "Can I call you? Insert this word. I'm really sorry." I was like, "Yeah, bro, go for it." Like, <laughs> so, they were actually quite nice. And like, I remember like this like muscly bodybuilder. Like, he came into the building. He was like, "Hey, is this for the music video? I just didn't know." I was like, like, I like, I don't know how we managed to cast like all like probably like the the nicer the nicer white guys <laughs> of the group but like we did we did but yeah it was um very weird i kind of was low-key like should i have gotten like a therapist on set or something yeah. it, was just, <laughs> it was kind of yeah it was kind of overwhelming a yeah. bit but i think i kind of just turned off which is not healthy no but <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> like i think it was kind of like i desensitized myself to it mm-hmm. which is very adjacent to what i have to do online in order to yeah, like kind right. of you know post music and stuff i kind of have to just kind of accept that i'm gonna get hate from all these dudes and i'm gonna have to show up again the next day and do it again and i kind of have to just like desensitize myself to as much as i can and so i guess that was kind of like also like a real life experience of that of kind of like i just i actually just have to keep it pushing and just like just you know yeah try to not internalize it which is hard yeah i think it also helped knowing it was a set yeah Yeah. and like having you know breaks and having like normal conversation with these guys like in between because then it was kind of like oh yeah they don't actually hate me yeah Yeah. yeah. like remembering that but yeah it was definitely weird but i think rewarding seeing like the final product Mm -hmm. because it was like so similar to like the treatment i that i initially made like it was essentially like my 19 page treatment and i was really happy with it and i was kind of like it's it's worth it like you know (laughs) like it's worth it to like be able to like translate an experience that i feel kind of happens like internally and like in my head like onto like a screen Mm -hmm. because obviously like you're you have your phone and you're like reading comments and stuff and like you kind of know like the demographic of the where the comments are coming from and like feeling like you're being like shouted by like all these people who kind of like hate the fact that you're just existing all at the same time kind of happens like up here and i don't feel like a lot of people like get it if they're not making content in a body that's not white and male like that kind of psychological like trauma that happens yeah it can honestly be scary just like reading comments it does it really does do you feel like you have learned to kind of take breaks to prioritize your mental health I think recently I've been realizing that I need to do that. Mm. I used to not. I would read like biographies of like older rock bands, like mm-hmm. female fronted rock bands, especially like, and um, there's this band called Skunkanasi fronted by this really cool um, woman called Skin. And mm-hmm. I was reading her biography about 
like all the stuff that she had to put up with yeah. like in the 90s while touring and like fronting this rock band mm-hmm. and I was reading that and being like well if she had to put up with that I can put up with a couple comments but I think it's that kind of thing of like you know different eras yeah. like different yeah. things to have to deal with now realizing that I should be putting my mental health first and I should be having breaks and like I should be able to like give myself that grace to like step back mm-hmm. and I don't have to be you know, like yeah. strong, independent black woman who doesn't care about the comments of white men. I actually do have feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I should honor those. Yeah, 100%. You know, I mean, I think that that's a really healthy and positive realization to have. Of like, I am a person with feelings. I like don't have to always just yeah. be like this strong artist on the internet. Like we mm. talk a lot also on our podcast about like this idea of having an artist persona and how that can be very healthy for artists, where they like when they are. Perform like going on stage and performing, but also like when they're going on the internet and doing this, like for you, be like, this is Spider. And when I'm at home, that is not who I am. And I can disconnect from that a little bit in order to like have a healthier relationship with myself and my music, as well as like with the fandom too, because it's like these are all such layered things. And if you're on as an artist constantly, like I can only imagine like what that would do for somebody's mental health. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's interesting. I'm still like navigating the path of like, is Spider an alter ego? Is Spider also just me? Yeah. Like, you know, because sometimes I really don't feel separate. Yeah. And sometimes like I don't really want to yeah, either. Yeah. Because I guess I never really feel like on as an artist per okay. se. I, I guess I just. Sometimes I just kind of feel like I'm, I'm, I just like, I just show up and I just kind of <laughs> <laughs> like, I just kind of, I just show up. I just kind of vibe. And, I, yeah. and then I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's a very interesting conversation because it really is like alter egos can be so helpful to so many artists. Yeah. I think like also some artists we've talked to have kind of described it as like stepping into like a larger than life version of themselves. Like just yeah. being this amplified person through your art. Yeah, I would definitely, I think I definitely resonate with that. Mm. I definitely resonate with that. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's an alter ego, but definitely like more of like a occupying more space. Yeah. yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of like how like, you know, what I say online, how I say it, especially when I'm like promoting my music, you know, I yeah. guess like in normal life, if I'm like in the kitchen with my flatmates and not like, yeah, I'm the black Irish rock star bringing back feminine. But like, I'm not saying that to them at breakfast, you know? Like, I'm not saying that. Um, mm. So I, I definitely think it is like just a thing of kind of like pulling on those like parts that are just kind of bigger than like yeah. you normally are, I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, I think yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like this next question, like, probably will apply to a lot of your music but in thinking of your song Mm -hmm. daisy chains you know you've mentioned it's about the idea of like people kind of taking your kindness as a weakness and especially for a lot of women this kind of is a universal um experience Mm -hmm. but do you feel like when you're making music you're trying to reclaim some of your power Oh my god, yeah. I feel like most of the songs I make, I'm kind of like trying to not reconstruct, but I'm definitely like trying to work through stuff and like process things. I never like to write lyrics for the sake of feeling powerful, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if if that makes sense. Yeah. Like sometimes they just come out that way, and that's just where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not even about like writing lyrics that I think are powerful. It's just more like I think sometimes people confuse like anger with power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, me personally, when I'm writing lyrics and like they they sound powerful to other people, I was just really angry. You <laughs> know, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not that I even felt empowered. I was just really pissed. I was just really angry, yeah. and that's how I decided to let that come across. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes even just like allowing yourself to ask questions mm. is also like kind of just like reclaiming like reclaiming something I like mean, maybe you know like part of your identity even it's like this is what I've been told yeah. growing up but like is this true is this how I should feel is this how I want to feel like and like we talked about yeah. earlier like processing things that you maybe haven't even processed yet yeah yeah exactly like I definitely think yeah I definitely think that's a bit of it like maybe it's a thing of like you know the path to reclamation mm, rather than like yeah. having it happen yeah. but like yeah. more of like you know like a journey there yeah. yeah I feel like sometimes like when when I write it's more of like a stream of conscious conversation with myself of like yeah. oh da, 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 and this and this and that but maybe <laughs> but maybe I'm like this because of that and mm. maybe that's why I did that yeah. but I don't think that's why actually I think it's because of this mm. <laughs> so like yeah yeah I think maybe like a journey to reclamation and in some of the songs just like straight up like just like yanking it back yeah <laughs> yeah so in thinking of you know you kind of being part of this new generation I feel like of alternative artists that are coming up right now you know mm-hmm. we talked a little bit ago about how like rock music for like a long time and especially in the early 2000s had been like largely dominated by white men and I feel like yeah. right now we're in this era of like we're seeing a lot of like POC people we're seeing a lot of like people of color we're seeing yeah. a lot of LGBTQ yeah. artists a lot of women why do you feel like we're having this almost like renaissance of like minority rock music that's rising up Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I just know that I like it. Right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'm. I really like it. Like, I don't know what's like shifting within the culture and like what's changed, but I just know it's really sick. Yeah. I mean, my theory is that like everything is cyclical. Yeah. I guess, and at the end of the day, like punk and rock and alternative were genres that were supposed to serve oppressed yeah. groups, which are yeah. women, people of color, like LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. And, you know, not to say that, like, white men don't face any type of oppression at all, because it's intersections, obviously, like, with everything. But I think, like, it just makes sense that it's kind of coming back to the people it's supposed to serve. Like, the stories are coming from the people it's supposed to serve, like, with, you know, the the concept of, like, things like the Riot Girl movement, the punk movement. Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Like, I think also, like, back to the whole fandom thing of it, like, when I think about growing mm-hmm. up in, like, an alt-rock kind of scene, primarily it was female fans. Reg- like, I know that there were, like, yeah. men around, whatever, but, like, it was primarily a lot of female fans, and I think, like, in growing up with that, and even when you think of, like, Paramore, like, Paramore has a huge, like, POC community around them who, like, loves they their do. music, and it's like, okay, these people were growing up watching this Dude, stuff. black people <laughs> love Paramore. It's so real. <laughs> Like, we do. We love Paramore. <laughs> so real. But it's like, it's yeah. like seeing that and also those groups being accepted by a lot of those bands. I feel like that probably set up a lot of those fans to then be like, oh, the bands are accepting us as their fandom. Why yeah. can't we make this music? So I think yeah, also true. that might have a role in it as well yeah yeah definitely because i knew that like when i was like you know 15 and getting really into like guitar music and stuff like i was kind of looking around being like so are there any like people of color <laughs> making this music or is it just is yeah. it just y'all like, yeah. you know yeah. like i was just kind of like yeah so i think like that was also like a really big factor big factor for me was kind of like I do eventually like I remember saying to myself when I was younger like I do eventually want to pursue making alternative music because I just feel like there isn't enough black women in it Mm -hmm. and like aside from the fact that I love that music there isn't enough black women in it and I would love to occupy that space Mm -hmm. yeah so I'm also like wondering whether like there was just like a lot of us feeling that at the same time and now we've all just grown up yeah (laughs) you know and now we're just kind of like all making art Mm -hmm. and trying to like kind of give like the younger versions of ourselves like that experience that we did not have maybe 
Yeah. No, I honestly think that makes a lot of sense. So we have a lot of 2024 ahead of us. What can we we expect for you in the coming months? Well, I am doing a lot more shows than I used to do. Like, I I used to be deathly afraid of live performance, what? honestly. Oh. Yeah, I was like, I re- I put that off for like, for months. Like, <laughs> genuinely, I think I put it off for like six months. Like, after I got like a manager and I was kind of like, yeah, I just, uh, I don't really know. Like, kind of, yeah. So it's nice to be able to like, actually do shows now. My band has gotten like a tiny bit bigger, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm just doing a lot more shows. Um, the EP will come out. I'll start making more music as well. I don't know when that will come out, but yeah, it will be yeah. <laughs> it will it will be being made. <laughs> and yeah, I think it's just gonna be like a lot of live spider stuff, cool. which is exciting. Awesome. I think it's yeah. like a bag that I wanted to kind of settle in because like it's rock music. Yeah. I should be doing yeah. it live. And I think I've been like sowing those seeds, and I'm ready to kind of like to do it. I love that. I feel like you're Thanks. going to really love our last question because we and. It- <laughs> It's very on theme for all of us here because the ethos okay. of Name Three Songs is to empower fangirls. And we think it's very important yeah. to celebrate the things we love unapologetically. So, Spider, mm-hmm. what are you a fangirl of? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so hard because I literally, ins- I love everything with like an insane <laughs> amount of passion. Like, okay, um, like in the last like month, what have you been the most obsessed with out of everything? <laughs> In the last month, everything to do with like 90s female fronted rock bands like Hole, Veruca Salt, nice. Riot Girl, like Bikini Kill, yeah. Kathleen Hanna, like the aesthetic, everything, the music, like everything about it. I spent so much time on Pinterest. <laughs> just um, like, I love just that. like, yeah, just like, like looking at like the era of it. I'm just so obsessed with it. Yeah. Like, my soul really lives there. Yeah. Yeah, and even just like how they dress, like the yeah. style and everything, yeah. like yeah, it was so like effortless and like dirty, yeah. but like cool. But like they literally were not trying either, yeah. and it was just like wow. Yeah, I, feel that. I could, I could, li- I could literally, yeah, I could literally go on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> this truly has been such a lovely conversation. So thank you, Spider, for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me. This was so fun, honestly. And like this like podcast and everything you guys talk about is so needed and it's so nice to have the conversation. Yeah, it's pretty thank cool. Thank you. Thank you. I could have talked to her for seven more hours. We love her deeply. <laughs> like if I'm honest. It was just so cool how much we all related to each other in so many ways, from like how much we care about feminism being involved in music and like being able to you know put those feelings into song that so many women I think have been afraid to put into song and I feel like like I resonated so much with her when she was talking about how when she's singing about her personal experience with like romantic relationships and stuff and how it was like scary to put into music being like okay I've like slept with someone I don't know if I liked it I don't know if this is for me and I feel like a lot of girls go through that and it feels like something that you don't hear about in song a lot and I was like this is such an interesting thing to be talking about and acknowledging and being like yeah that happened so I'm gonna sing about it and her being a little freaked out about being that honest in her music too I don't know just like how honest she was about everything was such like so incredible to hear yeah it was really cool to hear that from her and also just how just like by nature she is a feminist and by nature she cares about this stuff and is then just using music as an outlet to talk about it 
And I think that's also kind of a theme we saw when we talked to Bloom twins last week. If it's like, why wouldn't I talk about this? Like, I'm just expressing myself. These are just my thoughts and feelings. Like, Mm -hmm. they happen to be very feminist because that's what I care about. And I think just like owning that and not being afraid to own it and kind of leaning into like the Riot Girl movement of before is just very cool to see. Yeah, definitely. And I love kind of like the feminist rage mixed in with the like, tumblr fangirl oh yeah history like all of it is so beautiful because she's like yeah i love everything so unapologetically this is how i grew up this is what matters to me of course i'm going to like put into my whole artistry like what being a fangirl and part of fandom culture meant to me and like means to my fans and all that stuff and i'm like oh like these two things like they go together so perfectly i know (laughs) i was gonna say it is really cool to be like we also you know grew up on fandom tumblr like it's like we were experiencing the same things at different points in our lives and now to see somebody who was directly influenced from that then making music is like very cool yeah a hundred percent. So thanks for getting candid with us and Spider. This has been Sarah and Jenna from Name Three Songs. And to get your pop culture fix, you can listen to new episodes of Name Three Songs podcast every Wednesday. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com